me up a high above them that rose up against me. Thou has delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. Fear of man, fear of the heathen, fear of the devil. Forget it. You hold the key to deliverance. Just start praising. Start praising. You hold the key to deliverance. You hold the key to power. You hold the key to revival. What does hinder you to have a move of God? Psalms 9 says this. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. You want to know something that I've encountered in my short five months of evangelizing? I knew this a long time ago. But people are not coming to God till they have to. You're going to wrench every little bit of sin and self-will out of your life before you have to give that to God. But see, what you don't understand, the greatest thing that could ever happen to you is you to come to the end of your rope. Because for you to come to the end of your rope makes you desperate enough to try God. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Not a dime bag of cocaine. Not a dime bag of crank. Not a whiskey bottle. Not a beer bottle. Not an album cover. Not anything. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We know he's good tonight. We offer up praises. But see, this proves that the devil is a tool. Because the de God is letting the devil almost take people right to the edge of their very lives. Unfortunately, a half a million people commit suicide every day around our world. But there's some of them that out of the records of their lives are saying, please, I need God. I need a move of God. Stand back and see the unction of God Almighty manifested in a debris life. These are the witnesses of eternity. They that were broken. They that sat in darkness and saw great light. Weenie rows, church bazaars, taking people out to see the Kansas City Royals. That ain't going to win nobody to God. You might build a healthy church that will coincide with lost humanity, but it will never call them out and be separate under the Lord God. The whole concept of the Bible is leaving Egypt and going to the promised land, whether it's reality or in your life. Jambres and Jannies were the court magicians in Pharaoh's day. And they could throw down the rods. They could turn their rods into snakes. But they couldn't get their snakes to eat Moses' snakes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of religious groups today. You must, you're saying, preacher, you must be really mad at them. No, I'm very concerned. Because, see, they're trying to do all the false little tricks that the Holy Ghost wants to do without leaving Egypt. And they'll eternally, eternally be lost at the hands of men. Because, see, the basic concept and the premise... 
of salvation is to come out from among them, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. But we're a world today, there's a lot of groups that are trying to coincide with the world. Revival is tailor-made so we don't wear out the saints. Revival ain't for the saints, for the sinners. I had a well-known pastor call, talk to me from Houston, Texas. I've said this several times in this revival. and He said, the days of the long revival is just about over down here. You mean to tell me in a metropolis of four million people, revival's over? You got all you need? Revival ain't for the church. Revival's for the sinner. Why? Because we're supposed to be revived already. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, I believe, says, It's not the will of God that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. That's not a mandate for the sinner. Peter's writing to the church. Getting back to the Psalms that declares praise to a God that delivers. It says the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. And declare among the people, among the people, among the prisoners, among the heathens. Hallelujah. Declare it. Sing praises to your God. You hold the key to deliverance. Give the Lord a hand praise. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm fixing to close here. Offers us a beautiful illustration of the principle of holding the key to deliverance. You don't have to turn there. But many of us that know this portion of Scripture can relate. It talks about the children of Amnon and Moab that came up against Jehoshaphat. Hallelujah. The Bible says, And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab, and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Verse 4 says, And Judah... Now, if you guys want to really get into the Word of God and find out the potential and the power that's in you, when you begin to study out some of the names of the 12 tribes and some of the division, it's just, it's just endless. The ramifications Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, these things are written for our examples. The Old Testament is not always literal. Most of it is figurative. But the types and anti-types and shadows that are in the Old Testament are literally endless that forecast and are actually privileges for the New Testament church. And Judah means praise. Whenever you see the name Judah in the Old Testament, it always means praise. And praise gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now the reason some of you are deep in the inner prison 
is because praying even appears to be laborious. The devil has almost made seeking God and waiting upon the Lord, equating it with work and a fleshly work that we do. It is not. Hallelujah. Praise gathered themselves together to seek of the Lord. Listen closely. As the story unfolds, God, after, the, after answering Jehoshaphat's prayer, He says this, He says, You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves and stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. I wonder if we really understand tonight that He'll never leave nor forsake us. That when He came in the spiritual dimension through the power of the Holy Ghost that you've got resident in you, God Almighty, He ain't never going to leave you. And no man can pluck you from His hand. As the story begins to unfold in verse 21, and when He had consulted the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. The reason a lot of our denominal world is so corrupt with immorality and fallen to pieces, they've lost the beauty of holiness. When you forsake holiness, you'll never see the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 tells me, Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You want to win your battles and fight your war? Get holiness, which is the glorious Shekinah of relationship with God Almighty. He hath pointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. And then when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Get the picture tonight. They're going out to fight a battle without any weapons. But they put singers and praisers and musicians out in front of the armies of Judah. They continually offered praise to their God. No weapons in their hands. Just offering praises to a mighty God. Because God said, the battle's not yours, it's mine. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sire, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sire, everyone helped to destroy another. Because praise, hallelujah, brings confusion among the enemy. They started killing each other. You hold the key to your own deliverance. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves uh, more than they could carry away. Uh, and they were there three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much.
Praise brings power. Praise brings the presence of God among your enemies. Praise brings deliverance. Praise brings provision. Praise brings the rewards of battle. Praise brings a total spoil at your feet. Praise brings confusion to your enemies. You say, preacher, how come you ain't screaming that? I'm going to tell you why. Because you ain't, you're not an ignorant church. You're putting two and two together. Who holds the key to deliverance? You do. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. You want your world to shake? Start praising. You say you don't feel it? Tough! You say you don't want to? Tough! You say you don't need to? Tough! Then stay in prison. When you start to praise, immediately the place was shaken. You'll feel the Holy Ghost if you'll praise. You'll get a tingle if you praise. Something will happen if you praise. Somebody gets delivered if you praise. Something happens when people start to praise. Whoa, I don't see how you can sit down knowing that praise brings what you need. Bring spontaneous power. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. can't hold this thing back much longer, but I got a couple things to say that are going to ignite this thing even further. Now listen, when they started to praise, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened. Suddenly and immediately. God ain't going to make you wait if you got enough faith in your God to praise Him suddenly and immediately. Hold it, please, please. Couple more. You got to get this. We're halfway there. And all the doors were opened 
and everyone's back. You say you don't want to praise, you're holding up revival. You say you don't want to praise God, you're just in the way. Get out of the way and let somebody praise Him. Because you'll get loose if you let somebody praise. You'll get loose. You yourself will get loose if we start to praise. You hold the key to deliverance. I'm already out of the way. One more scripture. You that don't want to praise God, just let everybody else praise. Your bands will fall off if you believe. It said everyone's bands were loose. Watch it. One more. I'm done. One more. And the keeper of the prison when you begin to praise even the enemy will fall down at your feet hallelujah i love a boy he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before paul and silas the devil falls down at your feet when you start to praise everybody's loose and the devil's at your feet when you start to praise <laughs> Praise is power. Praise is deliverance. Praise makes your enemies fall at your feet. He ain't got no more. I've been delivered. Delivered by the hand of the Lord. I've been delivered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hold that Satan had on me. He ain't got no more.
You need to get this revelation tonight. You've been sitting out this whole revival. It's time to break out. You say somebody hurt my feelings. So what? They beat these guys. Put them in stocks. And the chains fell off when praise went up. The walls come down when the praise goes up. Sing it. Ooh, oh, the devil. Ooh, I've been delivered. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, when the 
comes down with the praise goes up. The power comes out with the praise goes up. The power comes out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, when the praise goes up, the victory comes down when the praise goes up. The victory comes down when the praise goes up. The victory comes down. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The power comes down when the praise goes up. The power comes down. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When the praise goes up. The power comes down when the praise goes up. The power comes down when the praise goes up. The power comes down. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When the praise goes up. The power comes down when the praise goes up. The power comes down when the praise goes up. The victory comes down. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, when the praise goes up, the power comes down. When the praise goes up, the power comes down. Oh, when the praise goes up, the power comes down. Blessed be the name of the Lord. you with us god bless you i am not some arrogant young evangelist that doesn't know better i'm just have a different way of making folks feel comfortable act 16 hallelujah please look on with your neighbor if you didn't bring a bible with you and uh i'm sure the lord has something very good for us tonight praise god Enjoy being amongst the people that do not tire of revival. There's been more than a considerable number of folks that have been here every single night. And uh, that certainly does speak well of you as being a faithful people. Praise God. Acts chapter 16, begin reading in verse number 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. I know I'm in the absolute will of God after what you said already tonight. Hair on the back of my neck just about turned into a, a buzzard's beak when you said that. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Skipping down to verse 16, please. <clears throat> and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Just the way it is with the devil. 
you start moving forward and you'll all you'll start seeing newspaper clippings and reasonable fast similes and <clears throat> he's the god of the imitation verse 18 and this did she many days but paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit i command thee in the name of the lord jesus to come out of her and he came out that same hour and when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone they caught paul and silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrate saying these men being jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being romans and the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them when they had laid many stripes upon them they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely who having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks and at midnight paul and silas prayed and sang praises unto god and the prisoners heard them everybody said and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the door, doors were opened and every one's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep. Everybody say, awaking out of his sleep. And seeing the prison doors open. Everybody said, and seeing the prison doors open. He drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm for we are all here then he called for a light everybody said he called for a light and it wasn't talking about light in his winston either and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before paul and silas and brought them out and said sirs what must i do to be saved everybody said what must i do to be saved <clears throat> hallelujah i want to preach to you for a few moments tonight on who holds the key for deliverance it's a question tonight who holds the key for deliverance god we stand in your awesome power once again this evening hallelujah worshiping you and praising you giving you thanks oh god for they that have come in and experienced the marvelous light father we pray tonight god that you will arrest the attention of those God that know not the power of the Holy Ghost and the beauty of your word hallelujah God in the name of Jesus I bind every spirit that would oppose the work of the Holy Ghost we bind it God with fetters that cannot be broken seal it by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ command it to leave this place hallelujah in the name of the lord jesus we ask your power to be unshackled and we ask it in the holy name of jesus christ hallelujah and everybody say you may be seated let's give the lord a hand pray <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> who holds the key the deliverance who holds the key 
to deliverance. This is a fascinating portion of Scripture indeed. For we see that the supernatural agency of the Holy Ghost is an operation initially here in a God-called man. We see that there was a dream, a vision that appeared to Paul in the night. We assume that any vision that comes to a man at night must be a dream. But even if there is a difference, the Bible says according to Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2, Peter preaching to the multitude that God would give visions and God would send dreams. And so there was a vision given to the God called man. It appeared to Paul at night and there stood a man of Macedonia saying, come over and help us. Hallelujah. If we're ever going to affect our world the way that the Lord Jesus Christ would have it, it must be through a move of supernatural agency. To do anything out of the flesh is to do something as far as the soul. There's far too much soulish ministry in our world today. A soulish ministry is that which helps man cope, but cannot really deliver and meet the needs of the inner man in the inner prison. Hallelujah. And so we see that Paul, being affected by the vision, was immediately brought to a place where he said we must immediately endeavor to go. Because you see, when there is a true supernatural move of God, and there are a people that has the power of God coursing through their bosom, then there will be activity. There will be a movement that causes them to go forward. Hallelujah. The Bible says, afterward, immediately, we endeavored to go to Macedonia. Hallelujah. And after they began to move into this country, immediately they, they met with demonic resistance. Hallelujah. The vision brought a response. If we fail to respond to a move of the supernatural in seeing the needs of the people of our world, then certainly we have been affected by the age of Laodicea that is around us. Hallelujah. There are many examples in the book of Acts that when there was a move of the supernatural that men were compelled to go forward and to go out. We see in Acts chapter 8 that after the Samaritans had received the good word of God and only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but only they were baptized in the name of the Lord that Peter and John were compelled to go down to make sure that they had received the Holy Ghost with the laying on of hands. Acts chapter 10, another time when there was a vision or a dream, when Cornelius's need brought the attention to the God-called man called Peter, who was brought to the house of Cornelius. They too received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Acts 19, Paul was compelled to tell the converts of John the Baptist that you must needs receive the Holy Ghost. But he said, have you received the Holy Ghost? And the converts of John the Baptist said, we have not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And Paul brought it down to the wire and said, well, how then were you baptized? And he had discovered that they were baptized under repentance but by John's baptism. But that baptism drew the, the line that they were to believe on him that comes after him. That is on Christ Jesus. 
And of course you know the story that's indelibly written in Holy Writ. That upon hearing this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hand upon them, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because he heard them speak with tongues. Hallelujah. Whenever there's a move of God, it it deems us to cause a response. The reason that our world, our churchiology, the ecclesiastical hierarchy of our world is not compelled to meet the needs of our day is they haven't had a supernatural move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And of course, Jesus Christ some of his last commandments to his disciple was, he says, I'm going to send you out into the uttermost parts of the world, unto Jerusalem, unto Judea, unto Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the world. Not right away, but he said, go first and wait for the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. Which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't do nothing without a move of God. You can't die one eye and cross one T without the power of God in your bosom tonight hallelujah and so we see Paul and Silas getting their supernatural commission went into Macedonia hallelujah 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 the Bible says that Paul and Silas upon going over into Macedonia began to have a prayer meeting I want you to know tonight that the very first defense that the enemy will come will be a verbal assault. Hallelujah. Paul and Silas went up to prayer. Hallelujah. Because a move of the Holy Ghost always brings resistance. The devil's greatest resistance comes upon a fresh commitment of faith and seeks to immobilize prior and during a move of God. We see that after the men of God were actually called and the men of God were in the coast of Macedonia, they had a prayer meeting. And upon the prayer meeting, there was a woman that had a spirit of divination. There's a lot of that spirit today. Oh, they can quote scripture. They know who Jesus Christ is. But when it comes to living it, they're off. And the false doctrine always appears when the men of God get to praying. I hold in my hand a newspaper clipping from the, is it from the Hutchinson paper? It says, an old-fashioned revival time. Too bad you folks missed it. This is not old-fashioned. This is current. We don't have to have something that we lost that we're trying to get back. We still got it. And we got it because we're preaching it in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. I'm not going to mention this man's name, but it says, Come here, evangelist doctor. When our world of denominations is relegated to that which comes from higher education and higher thought, you miss the whole concept that God has for the church, that this will confound the wise, this will confuse the mighty. He gives it to the lowly because praise is perfected in the shacklings of young. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to be great. God loves every man. God loves all and gives to all.
The devil's greatest resistance came after a red-hot prayer meeting. Because when you get men of God that can move heaven and hell with the power of prayer, there's always a resistance. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The first level of demonic resistance is verbal. And that's why some of us struggle and have such a hard time keeping our head above water. It's because we have taken off the helmet of salvation and forfeited 2 Corinthians chapter 10, which tells us to bring every thought, hallelujah, down and in obedience to Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The first dimension of demonic resistance is verbal. And the enemy may say anything he can to get into your thought structures because what he really wants to do is he wants you to be led by your emotions. We have a denominal world and we have a lost world tonight that is led by every capricious whim of their lust. And if the devil can get you to be led by your emotions, then he has basically got you in bondage to himself. But the Bible says, bringing every thought into captivity, you need a little man in the Holy Ghost that stands always at guard to check every thought and tell whether that's a lie or whether that's truth. Because the devil's a liar. The devil will do anything to stop a man of God. Notice the parallel here. Paul had a dream by supernatural announcement. The need brought a response. Others to be helped. The movement brings resistance. Demonic harassment. That's what's been happening in this revival. You know all the people that have been baptized? Where are they tonight? You want to know where they are? The fowls of the air are at work. Trying to pick that word of God out of this precious soil. I'm here to tell you. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep interceding. Let God do His will to bring His children in the devil only resorts to physical methods when you don't yield to the verbal methods hallelujah some people say well you know this person's doing me real bad saying some real nasty things it's not just a voice in my mind the devil uses physical agency the devil's looking for people that'll listen to him and carry his mail. You may be here tonight. I'm here to tell you, you need to take inventory of your thought structures and cast that out and get rid of it. Do some mail sorting and realize what's in the book and what's not. Paul got sick and tired of that phony spirit. And he rebuked it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He exercised authority. He exercised his position in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Some of you need to speak to your problem tonight. You need to understand that what God's put in your bosom is the power of the Ancient of Days. They had the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You've got power. You don't have to put up with that. Hallelujah. But we're living in the age where people are distracted by their flesh and they won't get their nose in the book. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
physical restraint and a physical resistance was the second level that the devil brought up against the men of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, And when her masters saw that the hope of her gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers. The devil always seeks to make a mockery of the men that are moving up. The men that are really breezing on through in the power of God, walking in the halls of faith. The devil seeks to mock. And when mocking doesn't work any longer, then he seeks to draw you into a community situation. Hallelujah. The Bible says, that and brought them to the magistrate saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. The mocking continues. The lies continue. And the Bible says, And the multitude rose up together against them. I'm here to tell you that when the church, before we get out of here, there's going to be a multitude that don't understand the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They understand some kind of popish religion where everybody's silent. Nobody has no power but the man over in front that's not God's method but the multitudes will rise up against the people of God hallelujah I'm going to tell you what the reason a lot of you are not moving to the left or the right is fixing to come up God's got your number hallelujah and the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Hallelujah. There will always be ridicule and provoking embarrassment against the church of the living God. Go ahead and strip us. Go ahead and play your little game. We know who we are. We know who you are. We know who your daddy is. And he's bound forever. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. Hallelujah. That word prison means anything that represents bondage. And there are many tonight that are in bondage. You may say, well, preacher, one time I was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. So did Paul. So did Silas. The people that are outside these walls, 5.4 billion, ain't the only people in bondage. Because you see, to do anything for God at all, you're going to have to meet resistance. And you have no guarantees. You won't be beat. You won't be stoned. You won't be put in prison. You won't be in stocks and bonds. But your attitude is the criteria of success. Just because you was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you visitors something. We love you tonight. But if you think we're trying to paint a rosy picture that just because you start living for God, everything's some little a cerebral world that you don't have no problems and no ills, you're crazy. It's just that we got a way to handle them that's going to take us out of here someday. It feels great. It's awesome. It's power. It's genuine. It was Paul and Silas's commitment that got them in prison. 
The devil's got some of you guys looking over your life like an index, a Rolodex file, looking for something you've done wrong. You may not have done anything wrong except showed up here three times a week and try to dance in the spirit and get alive and do something for God. That's enough to get in prison. Hallelujah. This prison represents depression, suppression, anxiety, isolation, loneliness, worry, fear, doubt, despair. And they put him under the rule of a jailer. And they told him, they charged him to keep them safely. Figuratively, that means you got to keep a hold of these boys. <laughs> you can't let these boys slip through your fingers. <laughs> so he took them from the first level and put them in the inner prison. Oh, I thought that was only for backsliders and sinners. No. These guys were in the will of God. We've got to get something straight. Suffering and pain is part of living for God. Some of us want the power of resurrection, but not the sufferings of Christ. Hallelujah. We in America today have almost labeled Christianity performance orientation. Because if you don't look like you're just going nuts, something's wrong with you. That ain't, that ain't always the case. This thing's the hidden man in the heart. You could be living for God, walking through your trial in the halls of heaven. The angels know your name. But you're in prison. Hallelujah. They were put into the inner prison because they could keep them even tighter. <laughs> They put stocks on their feet. You know what that represents? Total immobility. You ain't going forward. You ain't going backward. You ain't going from side to side. You is put on hold, boy. Some old black preacher would say, you've been put on ice, man. Hallelujah. Total immobility. The jailer was charged to keep them safely. By who? This represents a demonic chain of command. Ephesians chapter 6 makes the declaration, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spirits of wickedness in high places. There is a chain of command of devils. Principalities and powers are committed and sent to deal with individuals and groups, churches if you please. There's no end to the link of devils that can link together to hold not only an individual, but a group of people at bay. And I am not talking about possession. I'm talking about resistance and oppression. The rulers of darkness of this age 
represent trends, sins of the day, deviations from morality and ethics and truth. One of the latter day sins that we're seeing surface is homosexuality. The rulers of darkness of this world are behind deviations of perversion. They progress with the development of time. Spiritual wickedness in high places represents spiritual authority over political aspects and governments and an international basis and lead only to Satan himself. But can you believe the one frail little sister that's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost can bend her knee and utter the name of Jesus and break the shackles of all the power of hell. That's a power that's in your life if you only knew it. You know what's been coming against this church? Principalities and powers. And the prince of this city don't like what's going on over here. Hallelujah. That's tough. We know who we are. We know who he is. We know our authority. You, you bug us too much and we'll pull others out of the fire that are just standing around here. Everybody say the devil is a tool in the hands of God. The devil's just a tool. God initiated that vision which had those guys at the very end put in jail. Oh God, don't love me. I'm in this situation, Pastor. I got to call you up at all hours of the night and tell you, it ain't that you've done nothing wrong. Maybe you're doing something right. Who holds the key to deliverance? And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. I knew I was in the will of God. You started talking about all that stuff last night. This was at midnight. When was yours? Three? Pray. Your darkest hour. You can't move. You're in the inner depths of the prison. How about praying? You want this guy to be God. He wasn't called to be God. You're called to pray though. Midnight was the darkest time between a.m. and p.m. Midnight represents the greatest time of inconvenience. They didn't care what others thought. There's prisoners all around those guys. But the Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And not only prayed, they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. You want to know what? If we'll just get a little praise blaze going, these visitors will say, hey, there's something in those folks. There's something in that building. i never seen it before. The prisoners will hear you. These guys weren't prisoners on a long term. They were short term prisoners. The long term guys are our visitors. 
but you can be short-term too. Because the God of all power and peace is in this place tonight to deliver. Hallelujah. Psalms 27 says this. For in the time of trouble we shall hide, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall I be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing ye. I will sing praises unto the Lord. Sacrifices may not be convenient, but that's what a sacrifice is. Psalms 56 says this, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. Some of you are so bound. Proverbs 22 says this, The fear of man is a snare. But they that trust in the Lord shall be safe. Some of you are so afraid what everybody's going to think. These guys sang praises. They didn't care what nobody thought. Who holds the key to deliverance? I will not be afraid of what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. Second.